Welcome everybody, I'm James Graham, and today, Arguments About League Over Coffee comes to you from Banchetto here in Bankstown. Joining us, we have one of Parramatta's proudest ever players, Timmy Manor. On the agenda, should rugby league be raiding the Wallabies? Just how important are club combinations for state of origin? And who was the brightest star we've seen before they became a big name? Timmy Manor. Jimmy Graham. How are we? Good. I just, I just know. Very English of you. English breakfast. Do you call it English breakfast in the no. end or you just call it no, breakfast? No. Just normal no, tea? Not, not even breakfast. Just call it tea. Okay. Yeah, good. Just call it tea. Cool. Um, all right, Timmy. Not a position I was ever in. Rugby Union coming with some big, big dollars. Mm. What do you think? If I was a back, I could, I could see the temptation. Uh, yeah, you're going to pay more money, less work. Traveling around the world. Hang on, let me pull you up on that. Here we go. This travel nonsense. Yeah. It's not like you live in a bad area anyway. I've been to different places with rugby league. Yeah. So rugby league's taking me to Denver, taking me to New Zealand, taking me to South Africa, taking me to different places in Australia, New Zealand. Must have missed the part where rugby league has tournaments and competitions in Italy, in Uruguay, in Argentina, in France, the options to live and play in a team in a country that's based in a, in a competition that's based in a certain part of the world. You can't do that with league. You can't go live in Japan and play for 12 months, living and enjoying your Wagyu steak and your sushi. You mate, can't I'll do that, mate. You can, I, 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 the, you, you're talking about a tour where you go in and out. I'm talking about traveling where you have the option to go for big money and live in Japan and live in the south of France and live if you want to live in England, live in England. I don't know why. What's wrong with, what's wrong with that? <laughs> they sell you on this law of, oh, you get to play in Paris. Well, you know what you get to see in Paris when you go? You <laughs> basically get to see the hotel room and the training ground. Yep. You don't get to experience. And then you basically, you're eating to perform. So you're not, you know. There's you're no not, red wine. And, uh, there's no red wine and yeah, late um, nights and, yeah. you know, diving into the Parisian culture. There's no... <laughs> pastries at breakfast. It's, yeah. no, you're having your poached eggs and avocado on toast, please. And they're, they're probably taking their own. Do you, like, know, what, do you know what they do in Japan? Go, so you say uh, you go play with Panasonic. Loads of things. Panasonic. Loads of things cats, they do Whatever they're called. Yeah. So most of the, the locals work at Panasonic or whatever the team is. They will work from nine to five. And then after work, they'll go train for a couple of hours. The two marquee players will do nothing all day and then rock up to training at five, five thirty, do two hours of training and then they'll go home. So you're getting paid double what you were in Australia in league. You're, you're living a life where it's just you're, you're spending all day traveling and, and eating like you're saying you can't. You can do that. You can actually see the country. You're not in and out. And it's a lifestyle choice. I, I get it. I can understand why people would do it. You know what? I'd be, as a teammate, I'd be pissed off if they come and say, oh, I want to see the world. No. You know when I came here to Australia? Yeah. You know what I didn't say? I'm here for the lifestyle. I'm not here for the lifestyle. I'm here to work. Well, I, you know what I'd do, Timmy, because I'm such a nice guy. What would you do? I'd get this big contract if I was playing in Japanese yeah. rugby, rugby union and share it out amongst oh, my teammates so they wouldn't have to work. So we can <laughs> all go and experience no, local not. delicacies no, together. No, you would not. What about Italy? Oh, but oh, Italy. You're playing the local competition in Italy. You're getting paid well. You're getting fed. Where's this the local best competition? Pasta. The best there's, pa- a, there's a competition in Italy. Uh, it's a rugby yeah. tournament. Mate. But, well, well, sorry, go on. Can, so you're eating your pasta, gelato, tiramisu, and just cannolis, and 
you're not worried about your your, your steak and gravy. But you. mate, I'm there. I'm, I'm there to. You can't be having all that heavy carbs, mate. You're 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 showing your dinosaur carb loading, mate. It's evolved from that, you know. That's even going to make me even more stressed because I can't control myself with all this beautiful food, like all the beautiful foods and I'm thinking, I've got to get up for training tomorrow. Yeah, I'll go on, I'll just have one more cannoli. Next thing you know, my skin folds are oh, over. You know, you're living, then the you're owners living, into living, me, you know, the Italian you're living culture. living in a cage. Hey, yeah. we, we didn't sign this version of you. Yeah, yeah, Why yeah. too many cannolis? Yeah. Like, I'm trying to intermittent fast, they like to eat late. Yeah. Man, I'm screwed. I'll tell you what I've got a bit of an issue with, and Vlandy's coming out talking about a fund, like a, if teams want to approach people from rugby union, we'll help fund that. He obviously has, it sounds like he hasn't met one player agent. Because if I'm a player agent, I just know what they're doing. I, I've been around the blocks. <laughs> from a young age, they're going to be talking. So those Sawalis, uh, um, you know, the Will Penasinis, and all these kids that have come through playing union and league, agents will say, hey, why don't you start off in union? Go make a name in union. Because when you come to league later on, I want to get you double, triple what you would have got if you started ah, in league. Like tap into that fund. Oh, it's, it's, just, it's so obvious what would happen if they do that. So all of a sudden, I'm going to push younger players into another sport and then get them back at double the price we would have paid them originally. I just think this is all all a bit of fluff from Volandis. It's a, a flexing of the NRL's muscles to say, financially, we're in a position to do this. Yep. Because I think, realistically, Volandis is a smart man. Yep. And he knows there's nobody playing other codes that looks at our game and thinks, oh, I might try that out. All right, so let's say it comes to fruition. Verlandi's wish comes true and the game goes after some of the top rugby union players. Can you see them fitting in? Can you see it working? There's an element of league that you've got to be a bit mad. Oh, you've got and, to be mad. And I don't know if all rugby players have that element. A lot of them, I went and watched the game and, at Waratahs and I was seeing in the crowd, and everyone was drinking their wine in the, I'm not talking in the sweets, this is in the crowd, drinking their wine, talking to each other, and the game's on behind them. It's just a different, different crowd. I'm like, I don't know if they have that, that a madness. Different, a different institution. Yeah, I don't know if they've got the madness in them to be able to play, like leagues are different beasts, man. What so, a question for you actually on that, I've always wanted to ask you. When you played, did you lather yourself in Vaseline, your legs? No. Yes, yes I, you did. I, I, I remember I, going in tackles on your, around your legs, and like, What's that? I used to get the trainers to put it on. Did it ever affect your ability to catch a ball? Did you ever like wipe your legs? It wasn't, it wasn't on my legs. It was on, sorry, it wasn't on my hands. Yeah, it but did you ever opposition. accidentally like No, 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 I no. always knew. Yeah. I, I used to bring a hot water bottle to the game. Old school, you know, you keep my back up, get my back nice and little. I had back issues okay. while I was playing yep. and people used to laugh. Yeah. So when they laughed at the Vaseline, they laughed. At the hot water was, The Vaseline was effective, or the petroleum jelly, whatever yeah. it was, it was effective. It was. It used to get inside the head of the opposition, put you off your game. Yeah, yeah. Psych we, we played against psychological Newcastle warfare. once, and everyone after the game had all these scratches all over them. And it turned out that I had sandpaper. <gasps> that was saying it was for a grip. But what they were doing was like coming in and I was like yeah. scratching your face to it. And if you knew about it, I reckon if you would I knew, have Yeah, I'd have done that if I knew about it. Origin round the corner. Where are you at on the combinations versus form? Okay, so if I've got my coach's hat on, I'm going combinations only because I need to win this game. And but, what, but why does a, a combination give you a better chance of winning versus the, the form? When you go into a training camp, you've got 10 days before the game starts and you're gonna to try to squeeze in as much combinations, as much practice and bonding as you can at 10 days. Let's talk about team chemistry. Yep. 
the mood of the camp is so important. So let's look at this first situation. Are you going to be looking at that guy and thinking, he's only here because he plays with that guy every week? And say Nico Hines comes in as an 18th man or a number four or a utility off the bench. Yeah. Is he going to be giving him the daggers and saying, <laughs> oh, this, he's, a, he's, a, he's only here because he plays each and every week and he's not, be, and I'm better than him. Like, what yeah. more? I'm, I'm, I'm better than him. Yeah, but you talk, the, the other player, like Luai, whoever the other combination player is, they've, they're not a dud. No, they're, they're, they're not. They're, they're, not, still, they're not. still playing good footy, and they, yeah. otherwise not in, there, in that environment. Maybe what works at Clubland, well, clearly if you look at last year, it didn't work at origin level because yeah. they didn't get the desired outcome, i.e. the victory. So maybe that was an oversight of, oh, let's just let them go. It's the combinations, they're going to work. It's just a natural thing. But maybe yeah. then if you bring in the best players, as a coach, you're more focused on on that combination bearing fruits? Well, Nico Hines, I think he's a personality that can adjust very quickly. And if he gets picked, he'll be able to play with Cleary and form a combination quick. Uh, you're right, I think the, the, the elephant in the room is the fact that they didn't win the series last year with combinations. So I've, that's just what my coach's hat on. If I was gonna take my coach's hat off, and as an NRL player, you want to think that you're getting picked by being the best in the position. So if I'm playing well, I'm, I'm kicking butt, I should be getting picked. If I'm, if I'm the best in that position, I should be getting picked. I know I'm changing a bit, but I think the best player should get picked. And regard, and just, you, know, you talk about life's not fair, but sports shouldn't be about you know, politics. It should be about who's playing the best, pick them in there. I get the coaches are trying to figure out a way to it make it. It shouldn't, yeah. but it is. And we're but, in that world. You know, you know what, at least the Australian team should be picked on merit. It's like a merit side. Awesome. Because in origin, you're playing against a, a hard opposition like the Queenslanders. The Australian team, you're playing against you know, guys like England. It's a bit easier just to pick. A bit easier? <laughs> wow. No, I mean, so you pick a merit side and it's just, you'll, you'll get the job done anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Offence caused. All right, you've had a long career. Um, been an assistant for a long time. I want to ask you, have you ever seen anybody at training and gone before they've made it? I've got this player that I heard about before he made it into the NRL. And um, my first coach in the NRL, uh, absolute legend, Daniel Anderson. And he, he had some success. He got the Warriors to a grand final. They went over to England, got them into, I think they, they played in or won three Challenge Cups at St. Helens. Come in and from day one was telling the club, hey, we've got to sign his front row away from St. Helens. <laughs> this young James Graham, he's, and, he, and he would rave about this James Graham like, and everyone at the time had a question mark whether Super League players could make it in the NRL. And he used to go on and on. And it was only a couple of years later, and because he didn't get the chance to sign you because the club let him go the year after. I guarantee if he was still there, his first move was to get James Graham to the club because he was pushing from day one. Anyway, a couple of years later, a young James Graham strolls into the shores of Sydney and um, the rest is history. But he, I, we spent a good you know, 18 months hearing about this James Graham from England. <laughs> and I, didn't, I didn't see any footage, I didn't know much about him, but I already knew the name so well before he even got here. So that was one player I'd heard a lot about before he uh, hit our shores. Yeah. What about you? Who, is anyone that's come through it, you thought? Yes. So Bulldogs round about my second or third preseason. I come back late because yep. of international duty. And starting in the January, and they've got this big lurch of a human being, David Clemmer. Oh, yeah. And 
I'd just come off playing internationals, playing test matches. But it was like playing a test match against him in the training, in the in the scrimmage and that we do and not so you'd have was like, he test matches well like yeah, he, you gotta, that's yeah, it well, yeah, I'm yeah. saying I, I, good job I'd had experience playing in the test matches because that's what it was like that yeah. he approached training like it was a test match yeah so you know you start the scrimmage were you like that or not no okay you mean oh maybe when I f- maybe when I first came through yep but then it, it it tapered off pretty quickly and then yeah I was just I I, I I trained hard. There's a gentleman's agreement. You just know yeah. I'll, go, I'll run into you hard. Yeah. But let's power down. Yeah. Let's so I trained hard in the yeah. conditioning and, yeah. and tried my best was, and you tried to use skill. Yeah. But there, when I'm in contact, oh, I'm not going to put shots on. And you're not pumping your legs. Yeah, you're not, not pump, trying to work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So claim obviously was someone that. So obviously then we go into the scrimmaging. You've got the you know the, the first team versus the Reggies. Yeah. You, know, you kick off in David Clammer, this young pup. Well, Nobody told him that, you know, you just go into contact, make contact and go down. Yeah. No. It was like he was taking, well, and he did go on to play for his state and he did go on to play for Australia, but there was no difference between the runs he did at Belmore Oval on the training ground versus what he did at um, Stadium Australia, playing for the New South Wales, coming off the back fence. It was time and time again. And the thing with David Clammer is, even when he got to first grade, it didn't stop him. So even when he become yeah, a first he, he, he grade regular, he up. didn't. He some, somebody forgot to give him the memo of the, <laughs> the, that gentleman's agreement of like we're going to we go down here, yeah. and you know because no one likes being embarrassed at training, and coaches are all about intensity and yeah, yeah. you know get him on the ground. It's like well, can someone tell Dave Clammer that this is what we do? At practice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a time and a place for that intense, heavy contact, but. Mate, we'd do captain's run like the day before the game. You know, and Clemens one of those guys, you, you know you can always tell when yeah. they come out strapped up. <laughs> yeah. You go, I mean business. Mate, I mean, yeah. Mate, we're playing tomorrow. We're, we're, we're basically doing some walkthrough sets. It's about fine-tuning the, the game plan, fine-tuning what we're going to do. You know, we're not going to be bashing each other today, but any opportunity Dave Clemmer had, he'd mm. do that. And credit, to, I, I remember seeing him and thinking, well, if he can do that on the field, in the game, at NRL level, this, this kid will go far. And to back up David Clemmer, and to his credit, he wasn't one of those that train like Tarzan, play like Jane. Yeah. David Clemmer was a carbon copy of himself on the training paddock and onto that yeah, first grade. Cool. And he was yeah. hard to play against. He was, yeah. he was, it was the toughest nails. 